Hey everybody, it's Barbara. Where's Babs here? Looking back over the past two years as a solo nomad, I realized it all started with one trip. I submitted the piece I'm about to read to you to the Writer's Digest annual writing contest and was just notified of an honorable mention. So I thought I would share it with you here. Hope you enjoy. Road trip. She sold everything we had over the course of a few months. Well, I seem to remember we still had clothing and books. There were many discussions with grandma during this time, some more heated than others, but not unusual, and I didn't get the context. I don't remember feeling worried. Life as I knew it kept going, playing in the neighborhood, school, swim practice, but so for some reason, the loss of stuff was not alarming. As I rounded the street corner one day, I saw a brand new orange Volkswagen Vanagon with a pop-up top in the driveway. What? This was a very exciting and a big step up from the old VW Bug, but why did we need the van? In the summer of 1973, with the new van and clearly a different point of view, Mom said, Girls, there is more to life than Shaker Heights, and we're going to find it. 1973 was a simpler time. Analog wristwatches, paper maps, calculators, record players, and typewriters. No public internet, computers, or mobile phones. The oil crisis was in full swing with gas increasing from 38 to 55 cents a gallon. Before our trip and her marriage, mom had her life planned. She became a teacher in 56, got married in 57, and had two children in 60 and 62. She chose her teaching schedule so that she could be home when we were. She scheduled our summers by expanding our classroom to include even more museum visits, sports, summer classes, volunteering, and reading a book a week. Mom's plan came to a halt in 1968, just shy of a 10-year marriage. After what looked like a princess wedding in her photo album, she sued for a divorce at age 31. This was not a time when women left their breadwinning but cheating husbands. Mom said, I refuse to raise two young women in a home where I am not respected and cheated on. You girls will learn how to support yourselves, never to rely on a man to take care of you. You can be and do anything you want. More discussions with grandma who did not want to understand mom's point of view. I remember it was hard for mom to find an apartment in 1968 as a divorced woman with two girls, six and eight, along with our cat Thomas. Grandma reluctantly co-signed a lease so we had a roof over our heads and Thomas went to a new family. We were devastated about the cat, not the change in lifestyle. Mom let us know it was her two girls or the cat. The landlord would not take both. Life as a divorced family began. Prior to whatever mom was planning in 1973, our family travel had included day trips to the beach at Presque Isle, Pennsylvania, and airline trips twice a year to see our father for two weeks per our divorce agreement. Slowly, the dining room table filled with travel information. A big Campgrounds of America, KOA magazine, listing every campground in the U.S. Camping? We had never camped anywhere at any time. The large Rand McNally U.S. Book of Maps, as well as state maps for Ohio, Kentucky, Illinois, and Missouri appeared. All brand new and crispy folded. I don't even think I knew the term road trip. Mom's new short-term plan began to reveal itself. Take the summer of 1973 to explore the United States. 
at 36, mom was taking my 11-year-old sister and me about to enter middle school to see the USA. We would not even be able to help with driving. I remember we complained about missing summer plans with friends and she would hear none of it. We had about a month before the, st the trip started. We had about a month before we started the trip. As an adult looking back, I think mom had been as an adult looking back, I think mom had been preparing for this road trip since 1968, if not before. I'm not sure worry set in, but maybe an anxious curiosity. How long would we be gone? You'll be back when school starts in the fall. Where are we going? To see the USA. Where will we be sleeping? In the van. There are three beds. A hammock across the front seats, one in the pop-up roof, and another when the back seats are down. How will we eat? Over a campfire. Maybe an occasional restaurant. How do we know where we're going? We don't. We have maps. What if we get lost? Girls, as long as we have a full tank of gas, we will never be lost. We were packed and on the road when school ended in May. The trip took five months. We arrived back in Cleveland, truant from school, but feeling very accomplished. My mother, the teacher, told the schools that she had been homeschooling us, an unheard of education in 1973 suburbia. While I have memories of the destinations, like they say, it was the journey I remember most. Living with whatever we had with us, we living with whatever we had with us, we soon learned we needed less than we thought. It is a way of life I have fully embraced, whether in a permanent location or traveling. My sister's terrarium started the journey, and when we crossed the border into New Mexico, they refused any foreign plant material. It was left by the side of the road, a casualty of protecting the state's natural ecosystem and our minimalism. We became proficient map readers by the end of the trip. There were many wrong turns in the beginning, but we were never lost. Folding maps was an art we did not embrace, much to the dismay of our friends on later road trips. Today, I remain a bad judge of distance and direction without Apple Maps or a body of water nearby. After driving my own manual car, I realized mom was terrible driving a manual transmission. She rode the clutch at traffic lights and ground the gears up and down mountains. By the time we reached Montana, the clutch was stuck in first, which required a replacement in Bozeman. Little did I know then, sitting in car repair waiting rooms would be a part of my driving experience for years to come. In the early 70s, Bozeman was a town with much of the Old West still intact. So different than my suburban upbringing. Yes, there were cars, but there were also horses and cowboys, and three-story brick buildings lined Main Street. Mountains surrounded the city. True to Mom's promise, I was seeing there was a lot to learn outside of Shaker Heights. Before the trip, writing thank you notes after holidays and birthdays was required by Mom. I had enjoyed and embraced this skill. During our journey, I made pen pals as we traveled. I had correspondence well into college, and then we sort of just grew apart and went in different directions. The act of writing and getting mail back was exciting, revealing, joyous, and rewarding. It still is today, better than an email any day. On our way back east, we drove to Theodore Roosevelt National Park. Seeing prairie dogs and buffalo roaming the plains of North Dakota was jaw-dropping for this suburban schoolgirl. We found a ranch and rode horses across the plains. We camped under the stars. I fell into a mad crush with a ranch hand who helped us and gained a pen pal for a long time. 
That visit, more than any other, formed my appreciation for parks, open spaces, forests, and the animals living there. In 2018, on a road trip to Yellowstone, I saw large herds of buffalo and their calves roaming the Lamar Valley. It brought me right back to our stay in North Dakota. In New Mexico, we visited a Navajo tribe. Mom made it a life lesson we were sure to understand. The handwork and time that went into the rugs they loomed, every rug had an imperfection woven into it. They were given the gift of weaving by the gods and taught by Spider Woman herself, an important deity to the Navajo. To honor the gods, Navajo weavers deliberately incorporate an imperfection. Mom always said, if you do the best you can in anything you set out to do, you will be successful. Perfection is not the goal. This held true for our grades. Did you do the best you could was all she asked and for anything we tried. Learning this lesson at 13 allowed me to move forward, try, fail, and try again. There was no anxiety about my work in school, at home, or as a professional in later life. Mom was my first shiro. I only felt love, protection, and empowerment given and received. This trip confirmed for me her ability to survive and make sure her two girls thrived. Today I realize this trip was one of many manic episodes mom had in her bipolar schizophrenic life. Back then, mental illness and treatment were not discussed. Treatment options, let alone help, were hard to find and sometimes the cure was worse than the disease. For women like my mom, electric shock treatment, hospitalization, along with dulling drugs to keep everyone quiet were the only answers the medical community offered. All this became clearer after the trip as I became an adult. Mom shared her father's death by suicide when I was two. Now I know everyone on her side of the family has or had mental illness, including my sister, grandma, and cousins. Aunt Sarah was an accomplished concert pianist before they escaped from Russia to the United States. She taught me piano until her own mental illness took her away. I remember as a teen listening to quiet discussions about treatment options for Aunt Sarah, including lithium, electric shock surgery, like a lobotomy, and committing her to a hospital. Everyone was trying to keep her at home and that brilliant head of hers full of piano concertos intact. Who knows how many of these discussions happened when mom was growing up. How mom managed her life and ours is a testament to her fortitude and commitment to raising two self-sufficient women. She succeeded in that and many other personal and professional goals. I remember her as fearless. I think she knew she was mentally ill and had nowhere to turn for help. Her family, husband, and community were not there for her. This road trip was the epitome of mom doing what she felt was best for our family and probably her own literal sanity. My life, decisions, mistakes, and success are because of how mom raised me. Unknowingly, this trip imprinted deep in my brain the ability to do anything, go anywhere, get out of my comfort zone, explore and see the world from another's point of view, including my mom's. For the past two years, I have lived as a solo nomad traveling full-time without a permanent place to call home. Everything I own, love, or need is with me, and it isn't much, fitting into a checked bag and a carry-on. I figure stuff out, make mistakes, work on a limited budget, leveraging low cost and free opportunities. I have lived by John Burroughs' quote for a long time, leap and a net will appear. I am fearless, thanks to mom.